the good news for those of us who are deeply concerned about the state of our common home, Mother Earth, is that the global community has become ever more aware of the increasing threats to our environment. As I noted last Sunday, the signs of environmental chaos are not only found in other parts of the world, we see and hear of them on a daily basis, and they are on our doorstep. This cosmic upheaval is a message we can no longer ignore, unless we are in denial and have lost all sense of a moral compass, one that should be integrally tied to our belief in a creator God. Many years ago, the public speeches about the urgent need for climate control by politician Al Gore were fre frequently dismissed as rantings of a liberal fanatic, an alarmist, a political opportunist. Today, politicians Many of them, community activists, religious leaders, and people on the street are taking such pronouncements more seriously. There were those, however, who thought that he was a modern-day prophet. And not unlike Isaiah, who spoke these words in a sentence that leads into today's text, God has given me a well-trained tongue that I might know how to speak to the weary a word that will rouse them. Isaiah's boldness springs from his belief that God will not only defend him, but that God has charged him to speak with remarkable courage what must be said. The Lord God is my help, Isaiah says. Therefore, I am not disgraced, and I will not be put to shame. And who will prove me wrong? Such an act of faith is not easy to arrive at, especially since discerning the mind of God is a mysterious and even a dangerous assumption. But for climate activists like Pope Francis, the foundation of such faith is firmly rooted in the very nature of God as the creator of the cosmos, the creator of a world of beauty filled with resources that are intended to nurture and sustain every living creature. But is that faith enough? As James reminds his readers today, faith without actions is dead. Now, with any scripture passage, of course, we know it's not simply for its own time and for first-hand readers or listeners. And so we lift the words of scripture from the pages of history and we place them beside our own needs in our time applying them to current practices and ideologies. 
cannot these words then of James apply to our Christian moral principles in addressing the needs of the environment? I think so. One of the consequences of ignoring the need to act on behalf of climate control or to enact the necessary measures needed to curb toxic emissions is the immense suffering endured by communities around the world. This suffering takes a terrible toll on entire communities, on families, especially those who are vulnerable and already struggling to survive in a fractured environment. Like Peter, we are not real good at the prospect of suffering. In many ways, we are quite fortunate not to have to endure the immediate effects of natural disasters. But recall, just a couple of weeks ago, all of the warnings that we were given about the smoke, the smog, that was coming into the Midwest from the fires on the western coast. And just yesterday, that warning was repeated. And that's a terrible event for people with breathing issues right in this community, in this neighborhood. So we are not immune from the effects for, as Pope Francis reminds us, when it comes to issues related to the environment, we have a common home, and we are all in this world together. Jesus echoes that message in today's gospel. He makes it clear that his mission includes everyone and will include suffering. That the prophetic words he will speak will not always be heard nor will his actions always be accepted. Peter found that out the hard way. It's never a good idea to disagree with a Messiah. And so Jesus did not hesitate to critique the prevailing social status or the positions of religious and political power. His trust in God, like Isaiah, made any occasion of suffering and rejection both bearable and inevitable. A greater fullness of life and a renewed way of living means letting go. Or Jesus uses the word losing. Losing those ways of human thinking that no longer reflect the ways of God, nor bring forth redemptive living. The words and example of Isaiah and James and Jesus are not our only signs of hope in all of this. If you Google environmental advocates, environmental advocates, you will find this site. 
12 female activists who are saving the planet. Think of that statement, beginning with the number 12. There are many more, but it's interesting that this particular site says 12 female activists who are saving the planet. And then think of the gender that's noted of these activists, women. Are they the apostles of a new world? And at the top of the list is Greta Thunberg. That name, you may, it may sound familiar. The young Swedish woman who challenged political leaders around the world, as well as ordinary men and women, to think more seriously about concern for the environment and climate control. These 12 women are from 12 different countries, and I'm thinking every one of them met some skepticism, cynicism, rejection, and suffering, but still they spoke. When we open our ears to the cry of the poor and the cry of the earth, we can, like Isaiah, speak with a well-trained tongue the prophetic word of God. It will be a word of healing, a word of courage, and a word of hope that there can be a new home for all.